and welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. And as our former president, uh, Thomas Whitmore, once said, we'll not go quietly into the night. Today, we celebrate the day after Independence Day here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Coming to you live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit every time we do it live and get to know you better. I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter. Find Pride Detroit on Twitter at Pride Detroit, PrideDetroit.com. Download the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio. I'm like, you know, just do it off the top of my head every time. It's not a hard skill, but it's, uh, it is for me. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. Clap, clap. Yes. We've been experiencing technical difficulties on the Twitch side. Uh, the fearless leader has moved into his new secure underground bunker. And wouldn't you know it, half the stuff doesn't work. So we're, we fixed it. We we worked around it. <laughs> that's fixing it in the in okay, the in, sure. in the engineering business. That's fixing it. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm OK. I'm, I'm getting by. I'm, I'm happy at the new place. Uh, just working, you know, working through normal new place stuff. New place stuff. Uh, New place I, stuff. I see chat thinks you already moved to Area 51. Maybe. Or, I mean, it's, I wouldn't know because on twitch.tv slash Pride Detroit, all I see is your greens is that you're at Ford Field, as always. I didn't even know you moved. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe this isn't a green screen anymore. Maybe I'm just sitting on the 50-yard line. That would be impressive, especially when we do these after games, which we're in the dog days of summer right now. But uh, stick with us because we have top 10 cornerback list cast coming up and some dread and questions and other dog day topics. But first, the third man, Ryan Matthews. Black is the rock guy. At Ryan underscore POD. How's it going, Ryan? Well, it's going pretty well. I hope that uh, if, if Jeremy's at the 50 yard line, he's uh, getting the ludicrous treatment. That. Uh, wow. I this is this is a PG thirteen. Excuse me, we can't really have that here. Sorry, Ryan. is it is is it even PG thirteen if you have to be like twenty five years older or more in order yeah, to get you, that you reference? Can rent, you can rent a car. You can rent a car now. <laughs> Speaking of backseat to cars, anyways. Um, oh, all right, oh, okay. <laughs> perfect. Well, no, I think we I think we're all kind of glowering here because I had to wake up at like five in the morning. And sleep through a bunch of fireworks. Jeremy's been on an anti-firework crusade for a hot minute now. I don't know how Ryan feels about fireworks, but mm, they suck. Okay, good talk. <laughs> this is a this is a no fun POD cast. No fireworks. I like fireworks. It's not when people are setting them off among five different apartment complexes, scaring yeah. the hell out of my poor cat Ruby and setting off car alarms. I feel like if you are an animal owner, you are definitely anti-firework. Last night, Goose was at my parents' house, and apparently their neighbors. My mom keeps on saying that they were lighting off M80s because I think that's just like boomer talk for like very loud fireworks. Bang. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but she said like Goose was trying to like hide under the bed, and like I felt terrible for him. And yeah. she she said that they were going until like eleven thirty, twelve o'clock. So. It has, to, it has to be really dark to, like, really appreciate it the most. Like, it has to be against a pure dark background. It okay, was... Stop. Yeah, yeah, fireworks suck. They suck. End well, of discussion. Stop, <laughs> to stop this podcast from going any more boomer than it absolutely needs to be. Um, let's start just... Uh, we're, we're just cleaning house here real quick. First off, I want to shout... We have to do a shout-out. We don't get to do shout-outs too often on the Pride to Detroit POD cast. But as you guys know, we are... We are like Mr. We are like Pitbull, Brian. We are Mr. Worldwide. We, we upgraded from an area code to worldwide. We're no longer Mr. 313. We are Mr. Worldwide here on the Pride Detroit POD cast because a friend on Discord, SW14, sent is, was in Rome. He is one of many British Detroit Lions fans, apparently converted because of a random game between the Lions and the Atlanta Falcons in Wembley Stadium, which was like the first game they had that wasn't a, a ridiculous blowout, but was actually fun and exciting. To which, if you've joined us for the Lions because of that, I, all, I, all I have to say is I'm sorry. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome, welcome, and I'm sorry. <laughs> welcome to the theater of pain. <laughs> yeah, but he was in, SW14 was in 
Rome, the eternal city, because England is the Euro UEFA Euro championship right now in Rome. He was he was hanging around, getting drinks, getting liquored up because it's English football. And he stumbled into a bar, into a pub, a Scottish style pub in Rome called the Highlander, called the Highlander Pub. And in that pub, you can find it on my Twitter account, account at Christopher Fett. There is Lions gear all over the place. And apparently, from what I have been informed, the guys who run the bar like the Detroit Lions. So shout out to the Highlander Pub. We are international. You can't stop us. Dolly. Dolly. <laughs> screw, screw America's team. We're Earth's team. We are. <laughs> yes, that is that is the goal. We, you know, the Cowboys can have America's team and they can have hard knocks, but we get to be across. We get to spread misery across the globe. That is hey. cool, though. I the Highlander pub. If you are an American, the Highlander pub in Rome, your Lions fan, go check them out. Tell us. Tell them we sent you. Uh, I I'm going to try to reach out to the guys who run that place here soon because, uh, yeah, that's cool. Apparently, from what I've been told, like they had some Michigan people in and they just adopted up. They put up all the Lions stuff. They've got posters up of Calvin Johnson, Matthew Stafford. There's a Lions logo at the bar itself. It's in full display. They have any pictures of Theo Riddick up there, too? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Job at best, maybe. Just just some guys that had great careers that were wasted and or cut short here in Detroit. Okay, well, um, I did mention hard knocks earlier, and to get this onto a more cheery topic, the Lions will not be on hard knocks. That's Uh, a cheery topic. I wanted them on hard knocks. You want them on hard knocks? Yeah, more Dan Campbell. Don't you know that we're pissing off Colin Cowherd because he said something silly and football is serious? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you? I mean, toilet paper today, man. He's not going to wipe anyone's ass. Hmm. Would 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 Urban Meyer say that while he's getting fined for OTAs? (laughs) Yeah, I I love I love Dan Campbell. You know, the the meathead coach is not running the Oklahoma drill as Urban Meyer was. Is that really? That, that, that was a, no, that was that was fake. That was fake. <laughs> oh. That was that was apparently that's apparently a joke from a Buffalo Bills beat writer that he always jokes about um, the Jaguars that I mean, if you're a beat writer and you have a check mark, last thing you should probably do is make up just completely believable uh, fake stories. No, that was super plausible. Like I hook, line and sinker got me for sure. Yeah. Like Urban yeah. Meyer was just like giving Chris Jericho a laptop to beat another AEW wrestler. Like there's, <laughs> there's no, there's no way that I don't believe that. Maybe Urban that's Meyer what he was... fine for. AEW. Yeah. See, but that would, that would feel like it. That would be cool though. No, I don't want maybe, that. Maybe, maybe he brought that to practice. Just people were slamming each other in the head with laptops at OTAs. But you don't want to be on hard knocks, even knowing the curse of hard knocks, Jeremy, that the that if you go on hard knocks, you don't you won't win the Super Bowl that year. You want oh, that on yeah. the Lions this year? No, please don't. Please don't let that happen to the Lions this year. I know. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, who doesn't want more Jared Goff? Like Jared Goff on hard knocks was was fun. The oh, first back time. when. Yeah. The, when it was the Rams at hard knocks, we can we yeah. can get an astronomy update from him. <laughs> see if he, he's aware which way the sun sets the sun yeah, technically that w- doesn't set no we, we need more Jer- we need more Jerry Jones apparently we need more just you know that ghoul walking around talking about I want me some glory hole well I, is there okay oh gosh um, that's a real that's a real quote from him is there a, is there a team that you would have been even more just like over it if it wasn't the Cowboys. Like I, I'm not really interested in watching like hard knocks Cowboys. Like I'll watch it, but like, I'm not going to be like excited to watch it each week. Like I, I don't think that there's a, a less interesting team for them to do hard knocks with. Uh, maybe, maybe the Patriots. Sure. I mean, not like you get much out of the Patriots to begin with, but the post Tom Brady Patriots, with Belichick just clamping down on everything, like who would even be who among the players would even be the star? Stephen Gilmore. I 
I think the Patriots might be interesting in that it would just be interesting to see them try to shut down as much as possible, like to see them mm. tortured by having cameras everywhere that's going to broadcast. <laughs> this uh, is my nightmare. Just, right. <laughs> like there would be so many scenes where they're like the camera wouldn't be on them and, and they just assume the mic was off, but the mic wasn't off. So we just get like a black picture mm. of them just like saying, you know, this this guy's a total a-hole. Let's, you know, let's embarrass him or, you know. Wow. Matt, Matt Patricia probably gets in trouble for saying something off color. Yeah, I don't want to. That, that's the other thing. I don't want to see Matty P again. Are you kidding me? Screw that. Well, you, Ryan, you have an answer? Mm, I would maybe. No, not really. Like, I just the Cowboys are they're uninteresting. Like nothing about like Dak Prescott's rehabilitation is interesting to me. Nothing about nothing about Ezekiel Elliott is interesting to me. I, what I don't about know. Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator. No, no, just give him no. a chance, dude. I think the only other one I would not be interested in is probably the Colts because I don't know anything about. No, you just hate the Colts. Like, what, what's, what's interesting, what's interesting the about the Colts this year? Like that Carson Wentz is there and he's going to just torch the place again. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what? it. What could have been okay. really painful? What could have been really painful for Lions fans is if we would have got another Rams hard knocks. Ooh, God. Oh, God. That's a fantastic point. <laughs> that would be torture for me. I, I don't think I'd watch it. <laughs> oh, you'd watch it. No, nope. Just ripping the yeah, bandaid off. Yeah, right away. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would. Say, <laughs> you'd you'd watch you it with a box of Tums real close. <laughs> this is the weird thing. So this is the first year I have HBO because I finally dug in for HBO Max. So I haven't seen Hard Knocks before. So I really but I just never I just it wasn't something that interests me. I mean, if there was a good soundbite, someone would grab it the next morning and I'd hear Jeff Fisher going, I'm not going seven and nine or eight and eight. Or let's have a goddamn snack. Yeah. The Raiders one I found a little bit interesting. I still remember um, uh, former Lions tight end. Oh, not Ebron. No, played in Seattle. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dancing guy. Uh, not Owen Wilson. The other one. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Yes. Thank you. Luke Wilson with two with two L's. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just remember his mantra or his little uh, his toast or his little speech that he would he'd say some ships are made of metal. Some ships are made of wood, but the best ships are friendships. And that's the way it should. <laughs> Wow, that's that's one to live on. That's I just want to play the more you know music. That's I'm inspired. What what would if you know what I'm going to throw out the script I have here and just say if we had a Lions Hard Knocks this year, hypothetical, what would be the biggest storylines out of it besides Dan Campbell doing Dan Campbell things and talking about toilet paper or uh, wiping people's asses or anything like just take dan campbell out of the equation he's a number one you keep the camera on him who's the next per who's the next two people you keep the camera on this year if you were doing like i know we're going to get like an inside the den but that's going to be a lot more buttoned up i feel like oh yeah so yeah so i i want to know if we were doing a lion's hard knocks this year after dan campbell who are the two people we're keeping the camera on one other coach and like i don't know one or two players well, I think I think a big storyline will be like Rams castoffs. So like obviously Jared, Goff. anytime the quarterback's going to be a, a big topic. And so Jared Goff, Michael Brockers will probably have a bunch of combined stuff and maybe you throw Brad Holmes in there as well. Just Rams in a new land type of storyline is, is probably something. And then if you're talking about maybe like guys who are going to be fun and animated in terms of coaches on the field, I mean, you could really pick anybody. I think I think that is also probably a storyline. It's all the former coaches. Um, being entertaining, but if I had to point to one or two, it would probably probably be our friend Deuce Staley and and maybe Antoine Randall. I think both those guys are going to be fun during training camp. I think I could see the camera being put on Le- Levy on Zerke just because he would just immediately up the uh, up the rating required to see Hard Knocks, which is the a lot of a lot of bleeping. I guess a lot they, of they bleep on HBO. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I. <sighs> I don't know if that was cheating by just saying like the Rams subplot, like Brad Holmes, Jared Goff, Michael yeah. Brockers kind of um, definitely cheating. No, that's fine. Um, I, I think what I would be really intrigued in, uh, in, in seeing is like the Okora brothers. Mm. 
with, you know, Romeo getting the contract that he got, Julian trying to, you know, kind of rehab and, and bounce back from kind of a, a lost rookie season and just their relationship and their dynamic, um, especially because of, you know, Romeo's background in terms of being, you know, somebody who kind of benefited the most from training camp in terms of, you know, coming here to Detroit and, and finding a spot um, a couple of seasons ago. So uh, the Aquara brothers would be a really interesting one. And I, I would hope that they like. I would just be really intrigued by obviously we haven't set the running back room like Jamal Williams. Like that's yeah, got to be number absolutely. number one with a bullet, right? Like he's going to be a star. He's, he'd yeah. definitely make a name for himself. If that, if that hopefully, I mean, he still does with whatever the Lions push out and, and maybe a clip or two of that gets gets viral. But yeah, Jamal Williams would be amazing. And, and I would hope they follow him. It's all around. guys that we have interviewed already. It's almost like they are. Try, we are the original and everyone is trying to copy something here. I'm trying to think of one more. I, I mean, just it, it keeps going back to Jared Goff just because I think of what a goober he is. Uh, I mean, there's so many rookies you could probably do. Like I, I, I now now I am I'm, I'm joining Jeremy. Now I am kind of mad that we're not getting hard knocks on the Lions. I mean, it, it's never going to happen. A team is never. I, I mean, I shouldn't say never, but I would be very surprised if a team ever volunteered to do it. There's mm-hmm. just there's very little incentive from their style to to put out something that they don't have editorial control over right like they don't right they don't necessarily get much of a say if if any say in what goes out there and that's dangerous to a team well you know what who has a say the entire pride of detroit staff as we continue list cast and this this week we are doing cornerbacks taking a quick quick break and we come back we are diving into the top 10 cornerbacks of the nfl season upcoming so you don't want to miss this stick around we'll be right back on the pride of detroit pod cast Boom, ListCast time. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. It's time to ListCast. We are ListCast, 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 ListCast. It can be a verb, a noun, adverb, adjective, all those things. I just use it there and you can't tell me otherwise. We are ranking the top 10 cornerbacks for the NFL season 2021. As always, this is a poll we have taken among the Pride of Detroit staff for those brave enough to answer to give us their polls. They have been combined, juiced together, blended We are looking for top players at this point in their career for this one upcoming season. These selections are made independent of scheme, current weapons, coaching, etc. And we have our top 10 together. Jeremy, this one was a really rough one because I feel like the cornerback position. This is probably the same last year, too, but it's been in flux for a little bit because all the big names I feel like are gone. Darius Slay. We're not considering top 10 anymore. Uh, Richard Sherman, way off here. There, there's a couple of names you'll find familiar, but this is a position in flux, and I can absolutely see it by just how many guys. Re- we had 20 players receiving votes. 20. That's the most yeah. we've had on any list cast so far. Yeah, probably in, in history, to be honest. And it's tough because cornerback's such a, a wavering position in that, like, you're going to get beat like there's there's no perfect corner out there. And, and sometimes you're just going to have a down year and it's up to us to to kind of sift through that and be like, OK, which which player had a down year? Which player is on a downward swing? Which player is done? Which player has hit that wall? And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of consensus among the, the top three or four or so. Um, but once you get down there, there's there's a lot of guys. There's a couple of guys that I mean, one guy that. You know, was I think our our consensus number one pick last year, and a lot of people didn't even have him on his list this year after after a rough season. So we're going to see a lot of kind of big names either not on the list like you mentioned, or maybe lower on the list than than they were last year, just because it's it's that position that that you just you're not going to see. What makes you a good cornerback is consistency, but it's elusive. It's very very elusive. So you have a you know I think a lot of the guys on our list are guys that had one really good season last year. 
whether they'll be on our list next year is really a big question because that consistency is, is really, really tough at the position. And then you have different you have different aspects to the position too, right? Like how highly are you um, you know, putting an emphasis or an onus on players playing nickel corner, playing right. in the slot. How many, you know, how, are you are you it, that was something that I found to be difficult in my list when I was putting together my top 10 is like obviously the outside corners are the big money makers. Those are the high profile guys. Those are the I mean, playing cornerback is probably the most difficult position in football, I think, um, because as Jeremy mentioned, like you're going to get beat. It's just about like mitigating those, you know, those bad plays and like trying to trying to be as good as you can on each play. And there's a lot of different elements to being a really good cornerback. And I think that, you know, it with the talk that we had about running backs where it's like, yeah, you, you know, receiving backs or or, you know, true running backs. Well, like with cornerbacks, it's like not only just like, you know, slot or outside, but it's like, how about guys who are really good in the run game? How about guys who play primarily zone coverage? How about because I mean, that was the talk about Richard Sherman for so long is it was like he plays zone coverage. He's not like a man to man defender like, you know, Stefan Gilmore or another guy who's kind of fallen off of our list is like Patrick Peterson, for instance, um, who is also somebody who is eternally 29 years old. but uh, I, I think that when putting together my list, those were some of the difficulties that I had in terms of, you know, placing guys is like, OK, but like this guy plays outside corner. Where where does the slot corner fit in and things like that? It's funny you mentioned Patrick Peterson, one of the guys not receiving votes, Darius Slay not receiving votes at all. Uh, Richard Sherman, obviously not receiving votes, even though I think he's had a bit of a resurgence with his late career. He's been doing all right there. But yeah, it's just it's rough to do this. But. Are there any names you guys want to hit on before we do the top 10? Because as I said, I have almost as many names outside the top 10 that have received votes. Is there anything we can even harp on? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to harp too much on this this guy, but um, I, th- I think he was either number one or number two a couple of years ago. Marshawn Lattimore is a guy that I had number oh, 10 yeah. on my list. He did not make this uh, our list. He was 11th, uh, thanks to, I think it was Eric who had him fifth or so. Um yeah, he's a guy who's, who's certainly fallen off a little bit, but you know, he's had at least ten passes defended in all four years of his career over there at the Saints, and you know, nothing is is going to compare to that rookie season in which he had five interceptions and and really was was one of the best defensive players in the league uh, his rookie season. But I don't know, I I still think he has it in him. He's he's obviously still very young. He does have a, a suspension looming, so. I didn't really factor that in necessarily. I'm just kind of talking about his his talent, but um, I was a little surprised to not. I mean, only me and Eric voted for him, so I was a little surprised that the other what seven, five, six, seven other guys. We do uh, have a rookie receiving. List. We do have a rookie receiving votes thanks to Ryan with uh, J.C. Horn. Yeah, dude, J.C. Horn's gonna be good. He's gonna be really good. Like, I think that he's gonna be a name that's gonna be on everybody's list next year. Rookie, rookie of the year, maybe on your list. Yeah, the, for the sure. Group. Um, Did you have Jeff Okuda on your list last year? I don't think so. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um, but uh, the <laughs> this is one of the interesting things about this list and list cast in itself. Um, we always talk about how you know uh, it's important to show consistency, um, especially with the cornerback position. But it's also important um, to note that like it's not always an upward trajectory, but. Yeah. Lattimore's PFF grade has fallen every single year since he was a rookie. Went from 86.1 to 77.5 to 65.6. And last year, 59.1 when he allowed seven touchdowns while he was in coverage. And that was the second most of any cornerback in the NFL. So, like, you're really like it. it, The the talent's there. He's obviously proven that he's he's been really good in the past. But it's like, was that flash in the pan? Was that the victim of being in the right circumstances with the rest of that defense. And that's something obviously with the list cast that we try to sort out is getting guys who are independent of the rest of their defense. That brings us then to number 10 on our list. And you, you mentioned PFF and this guy had very high marks for PFF, but as Jeremy pointed out, positional uh, just different for positional and number 10 on our list is Bryce Callahan. Yeah, of the slot. of the Denver Broncos, our highest rated slot corner here. Um, I had him pretty high. I think my uh, Jeremy, we can talk about this. Like uh, you know, my 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 rationale of that is if we're going to give a lot of credit to slot receivers, which is becoming a big 
a bigger part of NFL uh, offenses. We do need to, you know, worry about who's going to be your your slot nickel corner. No, I mean, it's, it's why the Lions, you know, invested so much in the position during the, the Matt Patricia era is they knew it was important. Unfortunately, they, they couldn't get good production out of uh, Justin Coleman. But um, yeah, it's it's becoming a, an extremely important position. I, I still think, you know, that the money is, is to be made on the outside because that's where the biggest threats in the NFL are, the, the money makers in terms of wide receivers are. Bryce Callahan, I mean, had himself a year. And and I think the, re- the reason he's down this far is because this is a bit of an anomaly for him. I mean, he's an undrafted guy who spent four years with the Bears and, and didn't really make a name for himself there. So he suddenly comes to Denver and, and is fantastic. He's third in PFF grade 84.1. First in passer rating allowed in the NFL at 46.9 margin by huge margin, two interceptions. um, But and and that this is the tricky part of this entire thing, right? Is like there's not one good statistic for a cornerback because interceptions. Yeah, that that's a big game changing play. But if they're not throwing it your way, it's probably because you were doing your job right. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, interceptions are can be fluky. You, You can have one bounce off of someone else and land in your arms. Same with passes defended. If they're not throwing it to your side of the field, there's nothing you can do about it. And so PFF grade, I, I think a, a lot of people are going to heavily kind of rely on that. And Bryce Callahan, third. Period. Yeah. I didn't have Bryce Callahan on my list. I had a guy who who didn't make the list who I think is probably the best slot corner in the NFL, and that's Kenny Moore from the Indianapolis Colts. Um, yeah. Probably much to the chagrin of uh, Chris Perfett, um, the resident Colt hater. Um, but uh, PFF, um, according to them, one of the top 15 most valuable cornerbacks in the entire league over the last three years, according to their wins above replacement metrics. So um, Callahan, it, it's interesting about cornerbacks when it comes to the nickel position, because it seems like guys who end up settling in the nickel position are guys who are either like undrafted guys who come into the league or like you see these guys like change teams like kind of often, unless it's somebody like Chris Harris Jr. who was with the Broncos for so long. But like. You, you you see a lot of these guys just kind of like switch teams like Troy Hill or Desmond King or, you know, Brian Poole's even a free agent right now. Um, N- Nicole Roby Coleman, he's a free agent right now. Like some of these best slot corners, like these are guys that are constantly getting cycled in and out of teams. Well, let's move on to number nine then. And finally, we get we get to a name that I think we we recognize maybe. By the way, I, I just realized Josh Norman doesn't even have votes on here, too. But I mean, granted, for for good reason. <laughs> Um, number nine, though, on our list is not is not Josh Norman. It's Marcus Peters. Hey, how about that? A familiar name. Uh, you know, he had four interceptions last year, nine passes defended, uh, 31st in passer rating allowed uh, up and down. But as you say, he's he's been consistent, Jeremy. And I think we can at least rely on that with Peters. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have Peters on my list. I, I don't know. I don't. <sighs> He, he's a veteran. He's been around for a while. He's had some good years. I He's one of the ones where I feel like they might be behind him. And, and I mean, he's 28, so he's still still youthful. But last year, I don't think was a particularly good year um, for him after, you know, what, what he get traded to Baltimore in, in 2019. And then last year was his first full year with Baltimore. And I don't know. I... I, I, I just... I, I guess I think he's he's kind of lost a step. And, and maybe... Maybe I'm not being fair because if, if you look at some other names on my list, like Marshawn Lattimore, I, I kind of have a little more blind faith in him, I guess. But I don't know. Um, tell, tell me why I'm wrong, Ryan. Well, I, I think the people who thump for Marcus Peters point to the fact that he has 31 interceptions uh, since 2015, and that's yeah. nine more than any other cornerback in the league, um, partially inflated by that really big season he had in Kansas City, right? So, yeah. Um, but, you know... I, I think with Peters, he's the epitome of like boomer bust guy. Like yeah. there's there are plays yeah. where he can get like completely, you know, blown out um, and, you know, miss coverage or his aggression is a little bit um, he's a little bit over aggressive. And, and that leads to, you know, a, you know, a big play for the opposition. And I think that like when it comes to cornerbacks, like you want to limit those big plays as much as possible. I think those big plays are kind of like a, a stain on your resume. And that's why Marcus Peters wasn't on my list either. But. Um, the other guy who plays for Baltimore is pretty high on my list. We'll get to them in a second. But first, for our number eight pick, we're going to Cleveland. Denzel Ward, who for three seasons now, he's been looking pretty solid. I think last year he had he was tied for second for passes defended. 
only two interceptions. But again, sometimes you just don't get those big giant changing plays. But he's been I mean, he's had seven interceptions over his three years. Uh, One thing, one knock on him is he hasn't started every uh, every game. Every uh, in those three seasons, he's he's only played. He's only started, played 12 games each season, but he's looked he's looked decent in all of them. And uh, he I remember in 2019, he had like one interception, went back like what was it? A pick six for 61 yards, Ryan. Yeah, I, here, here's the thing about Denzel Ward. He was higher on my list. I, I had him all the way up at number six, but that's just because I think that he does one of the things in the NFL that people pay a premium for and that's for guys who are dominant in single coverage um in his first three years in the in the league he's allowed just 51.4 percent of the passes thrown his way in 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 coverage to be completed which i think is a really phenomenal stat and i I think he's kind of just like one of those guys that's kind of flown under the radar and maybe jeff okuda might get that treatment as well because um denzel ward himself a former top five pick um but he's also Yeah, and he's he's also just on a defense with like so many other big names like Miles Garrett and you know yeah. now Jadavion Clowney and um you know just some other big name players that have kind of gotten uh, more of a rub than than he has but I think that he's really really good. Yeah, I mean I think I think I'm still like feeling that first impression of his rookie year where he just came out of the scene and looked like he belonged pro bowl season all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know while he hasn't I don't necessarily think he's taken the next step since then. I don't think he's taken a step back either. And so now we're talking about what a 24, 25 year old kid who's still playing at a pretty darn good level. Um, and, and only has three seasons under his belt. And yeah, I mean, Chris is right. Like he's missed four games each season essentially. And, and we all know what, you know, the best ability is and all that sort of stuff. But you know, uh, cornerback is also a position where there's a lot of injuries. You're running a lot. You're, there's a lot of soft, tissue injuries a lot of 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 groin issues um so uh you know even i'm not gonna put too much on him for for missing four games a season playing 12 is maybe a better way to put it because playing 12 is a lot of games it's most of them it it is although i again as you say best best ability is availability as they would say Mm. they 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 okay. who are you pointing to are, are you pointing well, on to my ryan? screen i was pointing to ryan i guess i okay. should be just pointing down is that right not a visual medium <laughs> for our podcast listeners i apologize <laughs> number six i mean excuse me seven wow we're really getting adequate on this one we're going to new york james bradbury is your number seven cornerback uh dave gettleman going after went after him last year to uh you know gettleman had previously drafted him when he was in carolina and inked him to a pretty huge three-year deal i think it was like what 43 mil 43 million about 32 and million in guarantees and he's been um he's been very solid for the new york the new york giants he's uh, last year, I think he had he was six in passer rating allowed. Again, I mentioned Denzel Ward. He's tied with Denzel Ward for 18 passes defended, and he's uh, clearly clearly Gettleman likes him and wants and wants to keep him around in there. And they're getting a lot of value for the contract right now. It, it's interesting, and this is this is the second um, example of of a guy changing teams and suddenly kind of like clicking and. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that that speaks to maybe the the value of coaching, the value of system fit, the value of a a better supporting cast. Not that the Giants are necessarily a great supporting cast for a guy like him, but um, I I do kind of like that story that the Gettleman, you know, we we like to make fun of David Gettleman for for a lot of things, but he saw the talent in the guy that he drafted and he believed in him. And he, you know, he didn't have a horrible career in Carolina, but didn't get re-signed there. And, um, you know, he believed in his draft drafting of him he believed in his raw talent and lo and behold he has his best season with carolina or with the giants in his first year and and yeah you just said it all and and to put on top of that 79.8 pff grade by far his best season and uh that i mean it just goes to show you how much a a player succeeds is, is is sometimes dependent on things outside of his control and i think i'm saying this all with Jeff Okuda in the back of my mind, <laughs> hoping, <laughs> hoping that a new yeah. coaching staff uh, will will help turn that Look, guy. We, we say around. we say Liscast is supposed to be ir- irregardless of scheme, but I mean this is a position where 
if you're not in the right scheme to proceed to succeed, you're just you're lost, man. I yeah. Hate to, yeah. Yeah. The one last thing I'll say about Bradbury, it seems like he's trending in the direction that you want to be as a cornerback in terms of looking at how often he was targeted. Um, you know, in Carolina, he had seasons where he was targeted over 100 times and last year was just 78. So I know they signed a Dory Jackson this offseason. The Giants did. So I wonder if Bradbury becomes one of those guys who, you know, puts himself in that rarefied air of cornerbacks who, you know, don't even get looked at because you're not thrown to that side of the field. Possible. Yeah. Yeah, very possible. Number six, Buffalo Bills, Tredavious White. He didn't make my list because I feel like he's been going backwards kind of each uh, in the last couple of years. But I think um, I was reading some some Buffalo Bills writers talking about he could be a defensive player of the year contender this year. I don't know if I see that, but, you know, 2019, he had a pretty big season. I think he was tied for six in intercept. He had like, what, six interceptions in 2019? Yeah. Um, not, not, a, yeah, tied for the that, most. I mean, that was yeah. kind of his breakout season, right? Like he was after, I, I have to imagine, I, I don't have a look at our 2020 list, but I have to imagine he was top five, maybe, maybe even higher. Um, top three. Um, yeah, definitely came, I, I wouldn't say crashing down to earth last year. Um, people but, knew who he was though, and they started throwing away from him. Yeah. There, there's probably a little bit of that going on. Um, you know, and, and now that Buffalo is just kind of like, in in the spotlight i think maybe maybe in general like you you start to see a little bit more of his flaws just because he's in there and you know 68.5 pff grade 31st so you know not not where he was in the, in the past couple of years but i think he definitely deserves to to still be on this list i had him sixth, so this is right around where i think he deserved to be pff gave him good grades though for pass rushing though jeremy <laughs> apparently bring him on a blitz and he'll be uh pretty good for you well, that uh, so Tredavious White was the one guy who I was I was wondering about where I put him on my list because he's one of the better like zone coverage cornerbacks in the league. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So like he has that he has that kind of built into his um, into the scheme is his you know ability to to be a blitzer and do things like that. But one of the stats that really stood out to me was seventeen point one percent of the targets into his coverage have resulted in either a pass breakup or an interception over his career. That's crazy. Which that's a pretty ridiculous mark. So yeah, yeah. it's a lot of disruption. You you almost I almost value that as much as I mean I I know an interception can turn the field and all, but that's almost I that that's just if you can get like probably a good number of just breaking up those passes, I think I value that even more. Yeah, I mean it, it's like the antithesis of Nevin Lawson, a guy who could actually put his hands <laughs> on balls and make plays. I'm sorry. Put your hands, put your hands on balls and make plays. Wow. Okay. All right. With that, we're going to have to take a break. Um, let's have the mic. Top five on the other side of this as we continue the Pride of Detroit POD cast list cast season. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast list cast part two. As we continue our cornerbacks list cast, we have put Bryce Callahan, Marcus Peters, Denzel Ward, James Bradbury, Tredavious White on our list so far. And let's just go right ahead to number five with a familiar name, with an old faithful name. We're going to go with Stefan Gilmore. Wow, I can talk. Yeah, this this was a uh, an interesting one because he was all over the place in terms of uh, where people put him. Um, someone had him as high as two. Someone right below me on the Twitch stream did not have him on his list at all. Um, did not have a good year last year. I think we we can all probably agree with that, but was, I think, number one on our list last year. Um, a guy who who has plenty of years under him. And I think I think Ryan's case is going to be that, I mean, the dude's what, 32 now, 30, 31, about to be 31. Um, maybe has has passed over that that golden age of, of his play and is on the downward swing. He'll but be 31. I 
I still had him as I had him right here at five as well, just because I, and, and maybe this is me just kind of believing, but I, like I said, he has shown consistency in his career prior to last year. Um, six, you know, had a career high six interceptions last year um, in, in 2019. So I'm not ready to, to call it a, a close on his career yet, but I, I can understand why he's all over the place. It's, it's just kind of an interesting test case, I guess. Yeah, I mean, ever since he got to New England in 2017, he's been incredible, right? I mean, 2019, he was a defensive player of the year, um, yeah. which, I mean, how often do we see cornerbacks win that award? Usually it's a pass rusher. Um, right. So I'm not taking anything away for that three-year stretch in New England where he was probably, without question, the best cornerback in the NFL. It's just... I, the father time, the, the bell, the bell rings for thee. And I think oh, turning yeah. 31, I think, you know, last season, what I think really stood out was the amount of receptions he gave on, on the targets, 42 targets, 27 receptions. That's the highest mark of his career with a 64.3 reception rating for a defense that plays. And I mean, come on, all of us just lived through the Matt Patricia era. We know how heavy man scheme that Patriots defense is, I, it's tough. Like if Stefan Gilmore bounces back, he should probably win comeback player of the year. The, the one really? thing I want to say about mm. that, and, and I wouldn't necessarily say no to that, but like you look at the yards he gave up and the, this is per PFF. So the yards he's given up, he started with 63 and then 85, two bad games, but then it's 20, 24, zero, 17, a 61, 26, 27, 23, eight. Three games he gave up more than 30 yards. That's not a bad year. It wasn't a bad year for him. It was, it was, if, if you're only comparing it to him, it was. I guess it was bad, but his play did not hurt the Patriots. There were a lot of other bad things happening in New England last oh, yeah. year. I don't for think Marshawn, sure. uh, I said Marshawn, Stefan Gilmore was one of them. Marshawn, huh? Marshawn Lattimore. I got ahead of myself. We're hmm. buying myself. Where are we? So, yeah, no, I, we, we are at we are at number four. I think this is where we finally start to get some consistency in the list cast. These four yeah. names keep coming up a lot. I think maybe the only guys who are like not in this list. I know Stefan Gilmore and James Bradbury kept cracking it every now and then. But uh, I think Tredavious White also got into the top four at some point here, too. But most of us voted for the same four guys. And they all kind of, it's just different order for it. And we mentioned, we mentioned Marcus Peters earlier. We said that the Baltimore Ravens would come back up again. And that number four is Marlon Humphrey. Who I, that, that is a, again, we're supposed to be doing this irrespective of other weapons around, but that's a hell of a one, two combo. And I feel like as Marcus Peters star has dimmed, Marlon Humphrey has kind of been the one who has, benefited of being in the spotlight just because of how he's been able to capitalize. He had 11 passes defended last year. Um, yeah, I think what, what was his PFF grade? I'm sorry. I'm scrambling around in my notes. He was 76.2 or four, 12. Yeah. Overall. So, so he was 12th overall. Just, yeah. You know, you want to know the most ridiculous stat from Marlon Humphrey last year, eight forced fumbles. How? Eight forced fumbles. Like he took Justin Coleman's one punch man away from him. That is ridiculous. Eight forced fumbles led the league. I mean, 2019 was an all pro season for him. He followed up with, I would argue, a, a well deserved Pro Bowl season. Um, 10 or more passes defended in all four years in Baltimore. Um, I, I don't know what else to say about the dude. I guess he, you know, you were talking about pass rushing earlier. This guy had two and a half sacks and eight forced fumbles. Like, uh, he can he can do it all. Um, may, the interception numbers aren't necessarily there. He only had one last year, but that's not a really a good measure, I think, to to justify yeah. putting a player anywhere necessarily. Um, but Marlon Humphrey's just he's still really young. Uh, he's he's he already has kind of the consistency factor. Um, now now I think there's maybe one small step to to become elite. But like like you said, Chris, these four guys are maybe not interchangeable, but the clear four, I think. Well, I feel like this next one could be a landmine for us. For any longtime listener of ListCast, they would know that uh, 
we've jinxed this in the past with tight ends when we went with Hunter Henry. Number three for us, Miami Dolphins, Xavier Howard. And we have him on here knowingly, or maybe not knowingly, that his holdout could maybe result in um, maybe not being one of the top 10 corners this year. But the talent is there, Jeremy. The talent is absolutely there. He was PFF's number two overall cornerback graded last year. Uh, He was, I think, uh, 10 interceptions last year, 20 passes defending. He was hot. He was very, very, very hot. Second in passer rating allowed, by the way, too. Like stat sheet reading, which I am totally doing here, all says this guy is insane. And he's ta- he's trying to take that to the bank and trying to get more money from the Dolphins. And he probably should. But it also means that. Uh, I don't know, he might not even be with the Dolphins this year. I, maybe Miami tries to trade him. I don't know if they'll be able to give him the money that he's looking for. Yeah, I mean, it, it's early for for holdouts. You know, we'll, we'll see when training camp rolls around um, how that changes. but. To talk about him as a player, I mean, last year was a second year in three years that he led the league in, in interception. And I know he just said interceptions isn't necessarily the best way to 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 measure uh, a, a corner. But I just I remember after that 2018 season, in which he had, what, seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had him, I think, in the top five or top ten or whatever. And there was still a lot of doubters. There were still a lot of people who didn't really think he was that guy yet. Like it, it was kind of, you know, when Darius Slay first um you know, showed to Lions fans that he was the dude and there wasn't a lot of national buzz for him yet until he had that big interception season. Big play slay. I, I feel like the same was said for Xavier Howard. And now he has the second year where he had a phenomenal year, maybe the best cornerback in the league last year. And so now I think having two put put together two top five seasons, uh, I, I think you can safely say this guy's a top three cornerback in the league and that's where we have him at three. Yeah, it's tough with the Dolphins because they opened up the piggy bank for Byron Jones in free agency a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, paying for Xavier Howard is going to be expensive, but I think that you can make the case that it would be well worth it. I mean, the guy was targeted 90 times last year, only gave up 47 receptions for a 52.2 reception percentage rate, which... You know, it's going to be tough to find anybody in the NFL who's who's like that. And, you know, you already mentioned the 10 picks, 10 pass breakups. I mean, really good. Um, the one the one thing because I didn't get to say anything about Marlon Humphrey. Um, real oh, I'm quick, sorry. I, did I no. did I I completely I'm sorry. I'm no, it's fine. It, it's fine. This is Ryan Erasure. I get it. But uh, Marlon Humphrey, <laughs> um, <clears throat> the thing that I had him actually number three on my list ahead of Xavier Howard, uh, because my favorite Marlon Humphrey stat is how that guy plays on the outside and he plays in the slot. And mm. that versatility is just nuts because not it wasn't only last season, but like the past two seasons, these are his snap count um, splits. Last year, 554 snaps in the slot, 420 outside. The year before that, 566 in the slot, 380 on the outside. Um, I mean, just that kind of being being able to be pulled all over the place in you know, a Baltimore defense that plays man like you're playing slot. You're playing on the outside. You're probably moving around and you're just putting Marlon Humphrey on their best guy regardless. Yeah. And that dude wears number 44. You don't see a lot of good cornerbacks wearing numbers in the 40s like that's <laughs> that's impressive. But you see a Xavier, lot of weird ones. Yeah. With the single digits. Yeah. Yep. Just bringing it back to Xavier Howard. Um trying to figure out who replaces him right now is uh i'm just i'm just reading some stuff from the dolphins uh, from like dolphins blogs and like who replaces him and it's not uh it's not fun it's not fun reading stuff like hey we might need to go to nick need him we need to go to jason mccordy sounds like they need him I, I, I think Howard's holdout is probably going to work. I think he'll get his money. Like I know the Dolphins, as you said, the Byron Jones uh, money was blown out right there. But I mean, Dolphins are in a good place right now. You really want to ruin it by getting this, not having your best corner. S in league. Yeah. 
Well, I see we've got the votes in on who's number one and number two. Number two, and I feel like I have to keep bringing this up because we are ostensibly a Lions podcast, and I hate how much the Green Bay Packers keep showing up here. Number two is Jair Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. This this also feels like kind of a long time coming guy who's finally getting some of the respect he deserves because I, I, you know... He's a guy that I feel like has been tormenting the Lions for a few years. We've heard some Lions players talk very, very highly of him. And I know this is only his third season. And he finally made the Pro Bowl last year. But I feel like his level of play hasn't like I don't I don't feel like even necessarily last year was necessarily his best year. The year before it, he had 17 pass breaks. He had 13 last year. Um, if, if you want to dig into the stats, he, he was PFF's number one corner with a 90.7 grade pass and rating. allowed one in coverage. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's all not all coverage, but he's you you want your cornerback to be good in coverage, and he is. Yeah, he was quite literally the best last year. Sixty eight point three passer rating allowed. Um, he's he's young. He's very very good. It sucks that he's in Green Bay. Hopefully, he demands a bunch of money because Green Bay doesn't like to spend a lot on their own guys sometimes. But <laughs> um, I, I have a feeling we're going to see this guy. For a very, very long time in the division, and that is a bummer because he's very, very, very good. Oh man. Now both of you guys had Jair Alexander number two. I had Jair Alexander number one. You did. I did. Because I think Jeremy in 2020, like he took that step. And I yeah. think he put everybody on notice as like I am the top cornerback in the league. He gave up 353 receiving yards. Not just in the regular season, but that includes the two postseason games that Green Bay played as well. 18 games. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? Like that is that's mind boggling. I the, the thing about Alexander, too, is people they don't want to throw his way at all. 76 targets over the 2020 season and only 37 receptions. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Pretty dang good. I, I hate mean, he plays in the division, but... This PFF stat, to me, is the one that pops out from their top whatever list. They say, Alexander was worth 1.4 wins above replacement level. That's wow. almost a half win more than any other cornerback. Meaning, wow. everyone else is 0.9 or, or less. He's worth a full win. A win and a half, almost. Just him alone. Yep. That's that's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. And we can only hope that Aaron Rodgers isn't there in Green Bay to uh, put more pressure on their defense like that. Number one, Jalen Ramsey of the L.A. Rams. Yes, the man is now in L.A. He played his first full season with the Rams last year for 15 games. Um, Time in Jacksonville has come to an end. Now he is with the Rams. And he maybe not balled out last year, but I mean, we, we talk about, are you consistent? Are you a, are you a known commodity when it comes to cornerbacks? And it, feel, it still feels like Jalen Ramsey is that known commodity. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a guy that, that strikes fear. He's a guy that definitely does not see as many targets as, as a average corner would because he just has that reputation and, and well-earned. He was part of those Jacksonville defensive teams that were so good. And then everything falls apart in Jacksonville. They let all these talented guys go. He was one of them. Um, I think there are questions whether he'll be as good this year as, as in previous years. Like you said, his last year with, with the Rams wasn't his best year. And now new defensive coordinator, um, losing a couple other guys in that secondary, losing a couple guys on the defensive line. The, the Rams defense is going to look a lot different this year, um, but he's still young. He's still extremely talented. You know, he's only, what, 26, about to be 27 in the middle of the year. So, um, dude uh, dude is, has proven it time and time again. Um, I think I think he's a guy that they might have to rely on more this year than, than they have in previous years. He's going to have to step up more because he doesn't have as good of a supporting cast. But uh, I'm I'm not counting him out. I think he's still the the best corner in the league, and uh, it, it I don't know how you can make an argument against it. To be honest, yeah, I, he's really good. I think if it wasn't for Jair Alexander, then he would be the number one cornerback in the league. Um, 
I, w- one of the things that you can see combing through the PFF stats is he he had a really rough first game, gave up eight yep. receptions in the game against Dallas, then proceeded to only give up 24 receptions over the rest of the regular season, which I mean, ridiculous. come on, it's ridiculous. Pretty but a lot of lot of turnover, as you mentioned in L.A., you know, no John Johnson, the third, you know, Troy Hill's moving on. Uh, there's Michael a reason Brockers. maybe there's a reason why. You know, Jalen Rams E wanted uh Ooh. you know Corn Corn Elder to to come hang out in Los Angeles with him. Maybe wanted a nice uh, slot corner to be uh playing next to. But yeah, he is one of those guys who, you know, he's an island player. But you know what? I, I think the term island has kind of been overused because Daryl Revis was something completely different. Like Revis yes. Island was a legitimate place of terror for I, I just feel like wide receivers. Yeah, I just feel like, as I said at the start, it, it feels like a different era for us talking about corners. There's no like there's some really good ones out there, but we're not talking about corners like we were talking about with Daryl Revis or Richard Sherman or those age, the, those kind of years where we had just these heated debates of who the best corner was. It just feels like the talents kind of. It's there, but it's also, as you say, it's it's a rough position. It's probably the hardest position to play, and you get burned a lot. And there's just not as many guys you can look at and say you can point to and say that guy you you can't you just can't throw his way because he will break it up and then he'll scream at Aaron Andrews. Don't you ever talk about me? Yeah, yeah. And and it seems like the, the interesting thing about it is it seems like every year there's a clear one and, or maybe right. clear two. Um, um, so to, it, those, to Ryan's point, I think Jair Alexander, like I could totally see him overshadowing Ramsey just because of how volatile sure. the position is. Well, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Like every every year, it's a different clear number one, different mm-hmm. clear number two or whatever. Because, um, yeah, last year it was it was Stefan Gilmore. There was no question about it. And before that. I don't, I don't, I don't quite remember who exactly it was, but it, it was someone else, and maybe, maybe it was Marshawn Lattimore that year. Um, it just feels like every year one corner comes out and has a really, really good year, and then either takes a half step mm-hmm. back or someone else really, really big takes a takes a big step. And so, what I'm trying to say is that I can't wait for 2022 list cast and Jeff Okuda being our number one corner. Stop it. That's that, folks, is what we call copium. That's called copium. And with that, that is our top 10 cornerback list cast. Struggling to the finish line to figure this one out just because it is such a wild position. Number 10, Bryce Callahan. Yes, we put a slot corner on our top 10. I believe if slot corner, if slot receiver is an important role in today's modern NFL, we've got to give some credit to the best slot corners who can fight them. Uh, number nine, Marcus Peters. Number eight, Denzel Ward. Number, uh, sorry, I'm not doing the voice. Number seven, James Bradbury. Number six, Tredavious White. Number five, Stefan Gilmore. Number four, Marlon Humphrey. I keep wanting to make it Humphreys. I don't know why. Number three, Xavier Howard. Number two, Jair Alexander. And number one, Jalen Ramsey. Real quick, Jeremy, who has the best name in the top 10? Uh, Xavier Howard. Better than Tredavious White? Yeah. Mm, that's a spicy take. I like, I like X. I like X names. There needs to be more ne- X names You almost names said something there. else, didn't you? You almost said. I don't know. No. I'm just upset. Like, I don't, I don't know what any, what any team these guys play for because you didn't mention them in your list. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's okay. With that, we are out on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. As always, thank you for all your support. You guys are awesome. We'll see you star side. <laughs>